ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so the next hadith that we've arrived at now in Bulugh al-Maram, Kitab al-Sayyam, is the hadith of Sahal ibn Sa'ad, radiyallahu anhuma, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, la yazalu al-nasu bi khayrin ma ajjalu al-fitr. Muttafaqun alayhi. Similarly, the hadith which is in Tirmadhi, the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu, anin nabiyy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, قال الله عز وجل أحب عبادي إلي أعجلهم فطرا وصو عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تسحروا فإن في السحور بركة متفق عليه And finally وعن سلمان بن عامر الضبي الضبي رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا أفطر أحدكم فليفطر على تمر فإن لم يجد فليفطر على ماء فإنه طهور رواه الخمسة وصححه ابن خزيمة وابن حبان الحاكم These hadith now are speaking about an issue which is related to Ramadan and fasting and that is the issue of the suhoor and the iftar the issue of the suhoor and the iftar so the first hadith, the hadith of Sahal ibn Sa'ad, he said that the Prophet said, the people will remain upon goodness as long as they take the iftar quickly. The people will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten in their iftar. Meaning at the time of opening the fast, they don't delay. And in the next hadith of Abu Huraira, the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the most beloved of my slaves is the one who is the quickest in his iftar. Meaning he opens his fast at the time. He doesn't delay. And the hadith of Anas ibn Malik, that the Prophet said, you should have your suhoor. Make sure you have the suhoor. Because in the suhoor, in the meal in the morning, then there is barakah, there is blessing. And then the final hadith of Salman ibn Amr al-Dabbi, عنه, that the Prophet said, if one of you has his iftar, when you have your iftar, then you should do it with dates. And if you don't find dates, then with water, because it is pure. So these hadith are all speaking about the different affairs linked to the uh, suhoor and the iftar. So the first hadith, it was indicating that being hasty in the iftar, i.e. doing it quickly at the time when it starts, not to delay the time beyond the opening of the fast, because some people do that. Some people, when the time of the fast opens, they say, just wait a bit. Wait a few more minutes just to make sure. Just to make sure we've definitely finished the fast. That's not something which is from the sunnah. When the time for the opening of the fast it comes, then a person should hasten to open the fast on its time. Not to say that we are going to delay a couple of minutes just to make sure that we've definitely done the fasting for the day. That is not legitimate. So here, the shaykh says, هذا الحديث أو فهذا فيه الحث 
على تعجيل الفطر إذا تحقق من غروب الشمس إما بالمشاهدة وإما بإخبار من يجوز العمل بقوله أو بسماع الأذان الذي يؤذن على التوقيت المنضبط فيبادر بالإفطار So this hadith there is an encouragement in it that if it has been actualized it has been realized and definite that the sun has gone down then the people they hasten to open their fast or if the person has physically seen himself maybe the person is out somewhere in some open region where he physically sees the sun has gone down as soon as it goes then he opens his fast or maybe somebody informs him that the sun has gone down, the time of the fast of opening has occurred, and then he opens his fast instantly. Or the adhan. Maybe the person hears the adhan at the time of Maghrib. If the adhan is being done in its proper time, accurately, then when he hears the adhan, he should hasten to open his fast. Not that he should say, I'm going to wait for a while to make sure. And then in, in the other hadith, the hadith of Abu Huraira, where the Prophet ﷺ said, قال الله عز وجل, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أحب عبادي إلي أعجلهم فطراً That the most beloved of my slaves is the one who hastens to open his fast. I.e. he opens his fast exactly on the time when it happens. He doesn't delay it. And that's similar to the hadith, or that is because of the hadith that just went by, where the Prophet ﷺ said that the people will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten to open their fast. Because hastening to open your fast as soon as the time comes, that is something from the sunnah. And when you act upon the sunnah, that is no doubt goodness. As for delaying the, the iftar, delaying the iftar, then that is in opposition to the sunnah. And anything which is in opposition to the sunnah, then it must be badness. Anything which is in opposition to the sunnah must be badness. So whoever the shaykh says, مَنْ زَعَمَ أَنَّ فِي تَأْخِيرِ الْإِفْطَارِ تَعَبُّدًا وَتَقَرُّبًا إِلَى اللَّهِ فَقَدْ زَادَ فِي السِّيَامِ فَصَامَ جُزْءًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَهَذِهِ زِيَادَ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ وَالزِيَادَ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ كَالنَّقْصِ فِيهَا كِلَاهُمَ لَا يَجُوزُ وَالْوَاجِبُ الْإِتِّبَاعِ The shaykh says, whoever claims that they are going to extend their fast for a minute or two or five or ten, Either because they say we want to make sure definitely that we don't end up opening it early. Or they say because I want to increase in my reward. I want to keep fasting for another five minutes. I know the time has come. I know the time has come to open the fast. But I want to carry it on another few minutes to increase my reward. And then I'll open it. That person who does this act has done something in opposition to the sunnah. Because the time of opening the fast in the sunnah is at the sunset. When a person goes beyond that, then what's he doing? He's now fasting into the night. The night has now begun. He has now started or carried on fasting into the night. And any person who adds something on top of the prescribed worship, he adds something additional onto the prescribed worship, then that addition, it's in reality a deficiency the addition in reality becomes a deficiency because that addition is not from the sunnah. He is going against the sunnah with that addition. So his addition actually becomes a deficiency for him because what is obligatory is to follow the Qur'an and the sunnah and it is not permissible to add anything to that. 
the shaykh mentions, and this is something common, you hear the people saying it all the time, we are, we're going to delay it a few minutes, just to make sure, just to be certain, or I want to increase my reward slightly. It's common. Look at what the shaykh says, Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan, Allah ta'ala. وَحَدَثَ بَعْدَ الْقُرُونِ, بعد القرون الْمُفَضَّلَ مِنَ الْفِرَقَ الضَّالَّةِ مَنْ يُؤَخِّرُونَ الْإِفْطَارِ مِنَ الْمُبْتَدِعَةِ He says, after the righteous generations, the salaf, the early three generations, the ones whom the Prophet ﷺ said, خَيْرُ الْقُرُونِ الْقَرْنَ الَّذِي بُعِثْدُ فِيهِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ The best of the generations are the generation I've been sent in, then those who come after them, then those who come after them. Those first three generations, Salaf al-Salih. The Shaykh says, after them, there were deviated groups of people who came, who came along, and they began to delay the iftar. And these deviated individuals, they were from the people of innovation. So this hadith, it is a miracle from the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ. Because at the time of the companions, they didn't used to delay the iftar. They didn't used to do it. But still the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this hadith, don't do it. It's as if the Prophet ﷺ knew that in the future people would start doing this. That is from the miracles of the revelation to the Prophet ﷺ. So that is from the signs of the Prophethood of the Prophet ﷺ. One of the miracles that in the future this did start happening. And that's why the hadith became completely relevant to them. But do not delay the iftar. Similarly, the Shaykh says, وَأَيْضًا تَأْخِيرُ الْفِطَرِ فِيهِ تَشَبُّهٌ بِالْيَهُودِ Delaying the iftar actually is an imitation of the Jews. فَإِنَّ الْيَهُودَ لَا يُفْتِرُونَ حَتَّى يَمْضِي جُزْ مِنَ اللَّيْلِ Because the Jews, when they used to fast, they did not used to open their fast until after sunset into the night. After sunset, when the night had become uh, begun and the darkness had uh, appeared, then, only then would they open their fast. That was from the characteristics of the Jews. So this is a sign of imitation of the Jews. It's a sign of the imitation of the Jews. Because they used to wait until the night began and the stars appeared before they would open their fasts. وَتَشَبَّهَ بِهِمْ أَهْلُ الضَّلَالِ مِنَ الْمُنْتَسِبِينَ إِلَى هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ فَصَارُوا لَا يُفْذِرُونَ إِلَّا إِذَا ظَهْرَ الظَّلَامِ وَظَهَرَةِ النُّجُومِ So the Shaykh says some of the people are misguidance from the Muslims. They followed the Jews in this affair and they never used to open their fast until it became dark and the stars came out. That's what some of them used to do. They used to delay the opening of their fast to that level. فَهَذَا فِيهِ مُخَالَفَ لِسُنَّةِ النَّبِي سَلَّمِ so in doing that is an opposition to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because indeed the Prophet ﷺ informed us to be hasty in opening the fast. And that therefore indicates the goodness of opening the fast in the correct time at the beginning. Not delaying it and therefore ending up in the imitation of the Jews. As for the second hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah said, The most beloved of my slaves are the ones who hasten in opening their fast who hasten in doing that iftar at the right time. This indicates that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this action. Indicates that Allah loves this action. I.e. the action of hastening to open the fast in the right time as soon as the time starts. So if Allah loves that action, it therefore must mean that Allah does not love those who delay it. Allah says He loves the ones who open their fast quickly on time. 
not the ones who therefore delay it and go beyond it. So this hadith, it is an affirmation of the love of Allah, and that Allah loves the righteous actions. And one of those righteous actions is that a person hastens to open his fast at the right time, not to delay it beyond that. In the third hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, the hadith of Anas ibn Malik, تَسَحَّرُوا فَإِنَّ فِي الصُّحُورِ baraka." Take your suhoor in the mornings. Have the meal that you have prior to Fajr in the mornings. Because within that is barakah. Within that is a blessing. This therefore indicates, uh, this therefore indicates that the suhoor, and that is the meal which is uh, taken in the morning prior to the Fajr arriving, with the intention of fasting, when a person has that meal in the morning, that is called suhoor. Sahur, uh, and that is that particular meal. This particular meal, it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith encouraged that it should be eaten and that it should be taken. Because within that, within having this suhur, is using that as a means of helping you to fulfill this obedience to Allah. لِمَا فِيهَا مِنَ الْإِسْتِعَانَ عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ وَهِيَ الصِّيَامِ Because when you have that meal in the morning, then you are helping yourself through that meal to be able to fulfill the obedience to Allah, which is to fast for the rest of the day. So that suhoor, it helps you with the obedience of Allah. It gives you some energy to take you through the rest of the day to fulfill that fast. Also, by having the suhoor, there is another virtue in it, which is that you will be opposing the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians. You will be opposing them. لِمَا فِي ذَلِكَ مِنْ مُخَالَفَةِ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ أَيْضًا فَإِنَّ أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ لَا يَتَسَحَّرُونَ Because the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians, when they used to fast, they never used to take the suhoor. That was not from their methodology, to have the suhoor in the morning. They didn't used to do it. They didn't used to have the meal in the morning prior to the fajr. So this would be an opposition to the Jews and the Christians to oppose them in taking the suhoor also. And that's why it's mentioned, وَفَرَّقَ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَهُمْ And the Prophet ﷺ distinguished between us and them, just like in the hadith it's mentioned, the hadith is Sahih Muslim, فَصْلُ مَا بَيْنَ صِيَامِنَا وَصِيَامِ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ أَكْلَةُ السَّحِرِ That the distinction, the hadith in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ says, the distinction between us and them in our fasting, the distinction between our fasting and their fasting, is the meal of the suhoor in the mornings. The Muslims, they take the suhoor and that is the sunnah. As for the people of the book, then they do not do that. So within that is a opposition to the people of the book, and also you are using that as a means to help you upon the obedience of Allah for the rest of the day in fasting. Also in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that within that suhoor is barakah. There is barakah in it. Why is there barakah in it? Because this suhoor, it helps you upon the obedience of Allah. It supports you, it helps you to fulfill the fast for the rest of the day. And to pray and to recite the Qur'an and to have enough energy to be able to do all of that. So that is a blessing within the suhoor. That it gives you the ability to have strength to have nutrition in your body for the day, to be able to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, it is blessed because you are acting upon the sunnah. 
you act upon the sunnah and you go against the, the uh, behavior of the people of the book where they never used to take the suhoor. So within that there is also barakah. That's a blessing that you are acting upon the sunnah and going against the people of the book, the disbelievers. So there are many types of blessings within that as it's mentioned. Uh, similarly, the shaykh says, when a person takes the suhoor, they should do that in accordance to the sunnah, which is that they should delay their suhoor to the end time, right to the end, just before the time is going to stop, just before the adhan is going to be made for the fajr prayer, the time is going to stop for the eating and drinking, then they should delay it right up until then and have it at the last moment. Here the shaykh says, وَلَكِنْ بَعْضَ النَّاسِ فِي الْوَقْتِ الْحَادِرِ يُخَالِفُونَ سُنَّةِ فِي السُحُورِ Some of the people when it comes to suhoor, they oppose the sunnah. When it comes to this meal of the suhoor, they oppose the sunnah. يَأْكُلُونَ قَبْلَ طَلُوعِ الْفَجْرِ بِزَمَنٍ طَوِيلٍ They eat the suhoor well before fajr. Well before the time of fajr, they already eat the suhoor and finish. Uh, maybe hours before, two hours, three hours before sometimes. So that's what the people do. And the shaykh says that is in opposition to the sunnah. The shaykh says if somebody, he wants to go to sleep and not bother waking up. He gets to 12 o'clock at night, he thinks I'm tired, I'll just have a big meal now, and I won't bother getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's what people do. They think to themselves at midnight, I'll have a big meal now. Plenty of chocolate cake and all of the rest of it. And then I won't have to get up at 3 o'clock and that will be enough for the rest of the day afterwards too. That the shaykh says in opposition to the sunnah. That is in opposition to the sunnah. Maybe some people they do that the shaykh says. They have a big meal two or three hours before fajr and they go to sleep. And then they don't even wake up for the fajr prayer. All of that is in contradiction to the sunnah. That is not how it should be done. And many people they do it. Especially in our times now when the fasting is this uh, late time when the taraweeh finishes, when the salat al isha finishes, and the fajr begins, the time is short. So maybe some people they eat a big meal and they go to sleep and that's it. They don't wake up till asr the next day. Then there's only two hours left and they open their fast. This is in opposition to the sunnah. It's not correct. So the shaykh says you should delay the suhoor up until the time just before fajr. Not that you have it hours before and then go to sleep and don't even wake up. It's mentioned, the Shaykh says, كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم يَتَسَحَّرُ ثُمَّ يَخْرُجُ وَيُسَلِّ بِالنَّاسِ The Prophet وسلم, used to have his suhoor and then go out and pray, the Fajr prayer. سُئِلَ الرَّابِ كَمْ كَانَ بَيْنَ سُحُورِهِ وَصَلَاتِهِ It was mentioned that the narrator of this hadith was asked, the one who said that you have to have the suhoor. That narrator was asked, how long did they used to be from the time when the Prophet وسلم, used to finish his suhoor up until the time that Fajr started, the Fajr prayer, what was the time in between those two? He said, This is Sahih Bukhari. He said, the time distance between finishing the eating and drinking when the time stops, to when Fajr prayer is actually prayed, not the Adhan, but when it's actually prayed, the distance between that, the time between that, was how long it would take a reader to recite 50 or 60 ayahs from the Qur'an. 50 or 60 ayahs from the Qur'an. Nowadays, 50 or 60 ayahs from the Qur'an, what is it? A few pages. A few pages of the Qur'an. 
50 or 60 ayats from the Qur'an. How long it would take a person to recite 50 or 60 ayats from the Qur'an? That was the time from when the Prophet would finish eating and then pray. So that's not long. It can't be very long, 50 or 60 ayats from the Qur'an. It's not going to be an hour or two hours. Far less than that. 50 or 60 ayats from the Qur'an is a few pages. It doesn't take long to recite that. That's the time that they used to be from when the Prophet used to finish eating to when he used to start praying. That indicates that the suhoor should be delayed just prior to the fajr prayer, to when the adhan occurs, when the time stops. Not that a person, sometimes you see on these timetables that people make in their mosques, sometimes you see an hour. They say you have to finish eating at 2 a.m. and fajr is going to be the jama'ah at 3.15. Sometimes they do this on some timetables. Incorrect. Who told them you have to stop eating at that time? Maybe soon uh, people will get to such an innovation, they say stop eating before Isha. Stop eating before Isha, go pray Taraweeh and your fast has started. The suhoor is late. You're supposed to delay it. Not to have it at this early time as the people they do. Um, so this is an evidence that the Prophet used to delay the suhoor because there was only a small amount of time between that and the Fajr prayer. And that is as Allah stated in the Quran, وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضِ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ ثُمَّ أَتِمُ الصِّيَامَ إِلَى اللَّيْلِ And eat and drink until the dusk and the dawn, the dawn when the sunrise etc. becomes clear to you, the night and the day, the day has begun, it becomes clear to you, uh, then after that you start fasting and you continue up until the, lay, uh, up until the night. فَأَمَرَ بِالْأَكَلْ وَالشُرْبِ إِلَىٰ أَنْ يَظْهَرَ الْفَجْرِ so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that you carry on eating and drinking until that fajr appears. Then when that fajr appears, when the actual time starts, when the adhan for fajr goes, and it's in its right time, then you stop eating and drinking and you continue up until the sun sets. Then continue up until the night, i.e. up until the maghrib prayer. So these are from the mannerisms of suhoor. أَنَّهُ يؤخر, That it is to be delayed to the last time possible. وَلَا يَكُونُ بِنِيَّا وَلَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ صَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ إِلَّا زَمَنْ يَسِيرٌ And there is not supposed to be a big gap between the end of the suhoor and the fajr prayer. Supposed to be a small gap. Whatever it might be. 15, 20, 25 minutes. That's it. وَأَنَّهُ لَا يُتْرَكُ السُحُورِ And that a person should not leave the suhoor. He should do it. A person should be uh, keen and uh, uh, earnest in being able to take that suhoor. Even if the sheikh says a person gets up at the time of suhoor, and he doesn't feel like eating. He gets up at these days now approximately 3 o'clock, half past 3 for the suhoor, but he doesn't feel like it. He doesn't feel like eating anything. The sheikh says even then, he should have just a small bite of something. Even if it's a small bite of something, a small drink of something, so that he implements the sunnah. He implements the sunnah of having suhoor. Even if it doesn't feel like it, just have a small bite of something, a small drink of something, and you've implemented the sunnah. And that's a blessing within that and barakah within that. Then the final hadith which was mentioned was about what a person should eat at the time of the iftar when you open your fast. And it mentioned, إِذَا أَفْتَرَ أَحَدُكُمْ فَلْيُفْتِرْ عَلَى تَمَرْ If one of you opens his fast, then you should open it with dates. فَإِن لَمْ يَجِدْ فَلْيُفْتِرْ عَلَى مَا And if he can't find any dates, then drink water. فَإِنَّهُ طَهُورٌ Because it is pure, purifying. 
in this hadith then, hmm. so here it indicates that which is befitting to eat when opening the fast. And that is that a person should do use dates. Dates is the best thing to open the fast with. Because the shaykh says, within dates there are certain characteristics within dates. They have certain properties, certain descriptions within that food, within dates, which is good. And it is not found in other types of food. So, for example, it is something very sweet and tasty, from the best types of the sweet and tasty types of food. And when uh, the fasting person uh, opens his fast with something sweet like that, then that's something good to open the fast with too. Because the Shaykh says this type of dates, the characteristics of dates, the way they are, that particular ingredients in the dates, how they are made, it's actually something good for the stomach of a person. When a person opens his fast with that, it's actually good for the stomach of the person. And the Prophet used to open his fast with dates. But if you cannot find dates, then drink water. Because water is pure, and again, it is something which is good for the insides. That you drink water and it goes down and it purifies the insides. That is something good for a person to do also. And again, it's mentioned that water is good for somebody who has a completely empty stomach. Again, they mention this. The scholars have mentioned it. Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan mentioned it here. That a person who has not eaten, it is actually something good for him that he drinks water on an empty stomach. That water goes down into an empty stomach is better than having all other types of food and starting with a chocolate cake or something. This is what's mentioned. So when the stomach is empty, the best thing for it is dates. And there are other narrations mentioned about dates. A person who has seven dates protects him from magic and all these types of other hadith. Lots of virtues of dates. So here dates is the best thing to open your fast with. If that cannot be found, then to open your fast with water. Uh, and the Prophet used to open his fast with rutab. Rutab is a certain type of dates. It's a certain type of dates. And if they could not be found, then you would use the tamar, which is another type of dates. فَإِن لَمْ يَجِدْ حَصَوَاتْ مِمَّاءٍ يَعْنِي جَرَعَاتْ يَجْرَعُ جَرَعَاتْ مِمَّاءٍ And if he couldn't find any of that, then there would be the water that he would sip from the water. وَأَمَّا مَا يَفْعَلُ النَّاسِ مِنْ إِحْضَارِ الْمَنَوْعَاتِ مِنَ الْمَآكِلُ وَالْمَشَارِبِ عِنْدَ الْإِفْطَارِ فَهَذَا خِلَافَ الصُنَّةِ The Shaykh says, as for what people do now, that when it comes to the time of iftar, then straight away, when they're about to open their fast, they're waiting for the time, they have in front of them a three-course meal. They have everything in front of them. All of the different types of foods and different types of savory and sweet and drinks and everything in front of them laid out, just waiting for the adhan and then they're going to tuck into all of that. The shaykh says all of this way of doing it isn't from the sunnah. To have a big, open, vast meal with all types of things there, that's not from the sunnah. Rather, uh, the shaykh says, قَدْ يُسَبِّبَ التُّخْمَةِ وَيُسَبِّبَ الْمَرَضِ وَيُثْقِلَ الْمَعِدَةِ This might cause bloating in the stomach and it actually causes... It's not actually something good that when a person has an empty stomach, then straight away fills it with a three-course meal. That isn't actually something good, and even the doctors will mention that. So that isn't something which is recommended. So, فَالْأَحْسَنْ أَنْ يُخَفِّفَ الْإِفْطَارِ The best thing is that he opens his fast with something light, some dates and some water. To open his fast with something light. Then, 
he should get up and pray. Open his fast with some dates and some water, then get up and pray. كَمَا كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ جُزْءَ أَزْلَ بَرَفِيْتَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يُسْتَدُّ ذَلِكَ وَلِأَنَّ الْإِكْثَارَ مِنَ الْمَعْوَمِنَ الْمُنَوَّعَاتِ الْغَذَائِيَّةِ عِنْدَ الْإِفْطَارِ أَخْرَجَ الْإِنْسَانَ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ Because also, if a person sits down to a three-course meal, then that's going to make him late for the prayer as well. So for these reasons, you shouldn't start with a big meal straight away. Have some dates, have some water, go and pray. Then afterwards, whatever you want to eat, you can eat. Um, يَأْكُلُوا مِنْ هَذَا وَمِنْ هَذَا وَيَتَأَخَّرُوا عَنْ صَلَاةِ الْجَمَاعَةِ فَإِذَا تَأَخَّرَ عَنْ صَلَاةِ الْجَمَاعَةِ تَرَكَ وَاجِبًا يَأْثَمَ عَلَيْهِ فَفِي تَخْفِيفِ الْإِفْطَارِ وَالِاقْتِصَارِ عَلَى تَمْرُ الْمَاءِ فِيهِ الْخَيْرُ وَفِي الْكِفَايَةِ وَإِذَا رَجَعَ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ يَأْكُلُ مَا يَشَاءُ مِنَ الْمَآكِلِ الْمُبَاحَةِ وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَقُولُ أَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا وَحَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمْ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ In summary of that the Shaykh says basically when a person is opening his fast he should do it with something light dates if you can't find them then water dates and water then get up and pray the prayer then after that, if you want to sit down and have a proper meal, then you can do that. But it's a mistake that people sit down to a meal straight away. And then they late, they get late for their prayer and they end up praying the prayer late or they end up missing the jama'ah. That's wrong. So the sunnah is that a person should sit down, open his fast with some dates and water, then get up and pray, do the obligation upon him and then he can sit down and have whatever food he wishes to have. So in conclusion to that, then the shaykh says, when a person follows the sunnah, then he's going to get several benefits. In following the sunnah and opening your fast with dates uh, and water, then that is something good for your body physically. When an empty stomach, you haven't eaten anything for hours, especially now, 17, 18 hours, then it's actually good for you to have something light to start off with. That is good for your body. On top of that, it means that you won't miss the prayer in jama'ah. You can pray the prayer together at the right time in jama'ah, you won't miss that. As for a person who doesn't do that, he eats a big meal straight away, then that is actually bad for his body. On top of the fact that he will be late for the jama'ah, he might even miss it. And he will delay the prayer. So the shaykh says there is benefit and there is goodness in sticking to the sunnah and implementing the sunnah. And therefore opening your fast with something light. And then after that, if a person wishes, he can continue and have the meal. We'll carry on the next one, which is the hadith of Abu Hurairah. رضي الله عنه قال نهى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الوصال فقال رجل من المسلمين فإنك يا رسول الله تواصل قال وأيكم مثلي إني أبيت إني أبيت يطعمني الله ويسقيني فلما أبوا أن ينتهوا عن الوصال واصل بهم يوما ثم يوما ثم رأوا الهلال فقال لو تأخر الهلال لزدتكم in the hadith of Abu Huraira, he says that the Prophet ﷺ, he prohibited them from continuation of fasting. He prohibited them from continuation of fasting. Meaning that a person gets up like this morning, Saturday morning person gets up and has the fajr, uh, the suhur, the suhur before fajr. But then at this maghrib time now he doesn't open his fast. He continues fasting. He just carries on. And then tomorrow morning fajr comes, he starts his next fast. But in actual fact, it's just one big long fast. So in fact, he's going to be fasting two consecutive days. This consecutive fasting, without breaking your fast in between, 
making it one big long fast for two or three days in a row that the Prophet ﷺ prohibited them from. So then one of the people said, one of the people said to the Prophet ﷺ, one of the men from the Muslimin, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, but you, O Messenger of Allah, you do that. He said, you, O Messenger of Allah, you fast continuously. You sometimes fast one day, you don't even open the fast, you continue and you are able to do that. So then the Prophet ﷺ said to him, وَأَيُّكُمْ مِثْلِي He said to them, and which of you is like me? Are you like me? Are you similar to me? The Prophet ﷺ then said to him, I sleep and Allah feeds me and Allah gives me drink. That's mentioned in this hadith. But then they refused and they continued. So when they continued, the Prophet ﷺ did it with them. He fasted one day and he continued the next day. But then on the third day, the moon was sighted, so the fasting ended. But then the Prophet ﷺ said to them, had the moon not been sighted, I would have continued the third day as well. So what do we understand from this hadith? That was in order to give them like a reprimand, that you shouldn't do this. So in this hadith, Shaykh Salih al-Fawzani says that the Prophet ﷺ prohibited them from continuation of fasting without opening it. The Prophet ﷺ forbid that, he forbade that because of the difficulty within it. The difficulty within that, obviously there is difficulty in doing that. Fasting for two consecutive days, 48 hours or whatever it uh, works out to be. Two consecutive, three consecutive days without eating anything, drinking anything. There is difficulty in that. So the Prophet ﷺ forbade them from that. Also, there is a, an opposition to the sunnah if you do that. Because we have just mentioned, Al-Iftar and the shams wa tasahhur and the al-fajr. You're supposed to have the iftar at the time of sunset and not delay it. So if you do that, then that would be an opposition to that. وَأَيْدًا الْوِصَالْ مِنْ هَدِيَ الْيَهُودِ also, it's mentioned that this continuation of fasting was something that the Jews used to do. كَانُوا They used to continuously fast for several days. So the Prophet ﷺ contradicted them and opposed them and prevented the Muslims from that. So when they said to the Prophet ﷺ that you do that though, he said, إِنِّي لَسْتُكَ هَيْئَتِكُمْ He said, I am not like you. My physical form... And how Allah gives me the blessings and the nutrition, I'm not like you. He told them, I'm not like you in that respect. And that is in Sahih Muslim. So this is an evidence that that was something specific to Prophet ﷺ. Remember, when the Prophet ﷺ does something, he commands something, that's sunnah for us all to do. But sometimes there may be certain things that the Prophet ﷺ does that are specific to him and not for us. That's possible sometimes. Here, this is one of those things. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, Inni hay'atikum. He said, I'm not like you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides me nutrition. Allah provides my body nutrition. I'm not like you. So there, it indicates that this was specific to the Prophet ﷺ that he could do that. But as for the rest of the people, then they shouldn't do that. And that us, we are commanded to leave continuation of fasting. And as for the Prophet ﷺ, he has some things that are specific to him, that others do not participate in those characteristics. And one of them is to be able to continuously fast, without breaking it in between. So he has the ability and the strength to do that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him the ability and strength to be able to do that. And other people have not been given that. Just like, 
كما أنه صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقوم الليل حتى تفطرت قدماه من طول القيام Just like the Prophet ﷺ, he used to stand praying at night so long, so long that he would get blisters and swelling on his feet. Imagine praying that long that your feet become injured. That's how long the Prophet ﷺ would be able to carry on praying to that extent. And that is from the specifics of the Prophet ﷺ, to be able to pray that lengthy time like that. That is a strength that he was given that other people are not. So this is something specific to the Prophet ﷺ, and it is not something that the rest of the people they should do. But what does it mean when the Prophet ﷺ said that I am not like you, Allah feeds me and Allah gives me nutrition? What does that mean? The scholars differed about the meaning of that. So it has been said, إِنَّهُ يُؤْتَى بِطَعَامٍ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَشَرَابٍ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ It's been mentioned that one of the explanations of this is that the Prophet ﷺ used to be given food and drink from paradise. Food and drink from paradise used to be given to him. So that obviously indicates if it was food and drink from paradise, it would bring much more strength, etc. So that's one opinion which has been mentioned. And that obviously cannot happen to anyone else. Nobody else can be given food and drink outside of that. So the Prophet ﷺ was given that food and drink from paradise. Even if it doesn't mean about the strength being extra. We mentioned that just now. But even if that isn't the case, the clear case is that he was given food and drink from paradise. And that is not possible for anyone else. So some of the scholars said that's what it means when he said that Allah provides me nutrition. Other scholars said uh, that the meaning of this is when the Prophet said that I am given nutrition and you are not like that. I am different to you. I am given nutrition. They said the meaning of it actually is that the Prophet because of how he used to obey Allah with complete sincerity complete sincerity and tranquility and for the sake of Allah alone completely how he used to worship Allah in that way he didn't used to care about the food not like the rest of us the rest of us now we worship Allah but after a while if we get hungry you want to go and eat but the Prophet ﷺ he was so engrossed in his worship to Allah that food didn't matter so some of the scholars said maybe that's what this hadith means that the Prophet ﷺ said I am not like you Allah gives me nutrition I, Allah gives me nutrition, I am so engrossed in my worship that the food it doesn't affect me. That's one thing that has been mentioned. And the worship that he was doing, the worship itself made his body strong. The worship itself made his body strong to the extent that he did not need the food. And that is something that does not occur to the rest of us. We are not going to be able to worship Allah in a way that that worship strengthens our body so we don't need to eat and drink. That is something specific to the Prophet ﷺ. But in any case, whatever the meaning of that is, the Shaykh says, the summary of it is, that continuous fasting for multiple days, that is something specific to the Prophet ﷺ, because he had this extra type of nutrition, and that is not something which is possible for us. So that is something that we should not be doing. But initially when some of the people, they continue to do it. When the Prophet ﷺ prohibited them, they continue to do it. Because they wanted to carry on imitating the Prophet ﷺ. Even though the Prophet ﷺ said to them, don't do it like this, they saw the Prophet ﷺ is doing it. And because of their love of the Prophet ﷺ, they wanted to continue to imitate the Prophet ﷺ. So they carried on doing it still. In the, when that happened, then the Prophet ﷺ did it with them. He did the continuation of fasting with them. He did it for a day, then another day, and then the moon was sighted. Because it was the end of the month. 
So Ramadan finished. But then the Prophet said to them, if the moon hadn't been sighted yet and Ramadan carried on, I would have carried on another day. I would have continued three days in a row without eating or drinking. And that was in a way to uh, reprimand them, in a way to tell them that it's difficult. How would you have continued three days without food and drink? I can do it. The Messenger of Allah is worshipped to Allah, strengthens him upon worship. Or as some of the scholars mentioned, he was given food and drink from paradise. The rest of them were not. So it was as if he was saying to them, you can't do this and you shouldn't do this. And that was like a message to them. To give them those mannerisms and to explain to them that it's not possible. You shouldn't be doing this continuation of fasting. So the fact that the Prophet ﷺ actually did do it with them, why did he actually do it with them then? If it wasn't something which is legislated for them. It was to teach them. To teach them that this isn't something you can do. He did it to them so that they would learn from that. That was the reason. Not because it was actually legislated for them to do. Uh, so in this there is an evidence upon the prohibition of continuation of fasting. That the person he should fast for a day and then open his fast and then at the suhoor time start again. This is how a person should fast. As it's mentioned in the ayah that it is permissible to have relations with your families at night. All of that is permissible. So a person shouldn't make that impermissible upon himself and continue the fasting. Uh, and similarly then the Shaykh says, This hadith indicates the prohibition of continuously fasting and that what is legislated is that the people should break their fast at the time of sunset and then eat and drink, and then when it comes to just before Fajr, have the suhoor again and start again. However though, there is some difference of opinion on this issue. The first opinion is, as we've just mentioned, the majority of the scholars, that continuation of fasting is haram. You can't do it. You can't start the fast like this morning at uh, uh, Fajr time, and then when it comes to Maghrib now, don't eat or drink, still carry on. Pray your taraweeh, carry on. Don't eat anything in that, carry on. Fajr comes, you're still carrying on all the way till tomorrow Maghrib and then you open your fast. That's not allowed. The majority of the scholars say this is haram. You have to open your fast on the day at Maghrib time. And then start again with suhoor in the next morning. Some of the scholars though have said that it is permissible. It is allowed. Because the Prophet ﷺ did it with those people. And if it was completely haram, he wouldn't have done it. If it was completely haram, he wouldn't have done it. He would have just said to them, no, you can't do it. But instead, he did it with them. If it was completely haram, then he, he wouldn't have been able to do it with them to show them. So some of the scholars said, maybe that indicates that it is actually allowed, but it's better to leave it. It's actually allowed, but it's better to leave it and not do it. That's one opinion. The third opinion is that it is haram for somebody who is unable to do it. Somebody who is going to damage their body in trying to do that, then he shouldn't do it. But somebody who is strong, then he can do it. That's one opinion. But in reality, from these opinions, the correct position that you should remember is that the majority of the scholars have stated that it is impermissible to do so. It is impermissible. Rather, you take the suhoor, the day continues till Maghrib, and then you open your fast on the same day. And you should not continue. That is the opinion of the jumhur of the scholars. And then after that in the night you eat and drink and everything is permissible. And then in the morning at Fajr time, 
you take the suhoor again, and then you start the next day. That is the ruling on that issue. Um, and inshallah, next time, which is tomorrow, inshallah, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the hadith concerning some of the things that can affect the fasting of a person. Some of the things that can affect the fasting of a person. And some of the things that might break the fasting of a person. Like the evil speech and the lying and the namima, the backbiting, the slander. Similarly, issues like kissing. Is it permissible for a person to kiss someone? Uh, like a husband to kiss his wife? Is that allowed? Does that break your fast? These types of things, inshallah, we'll discuss tomorrow. Um, also, there's the issue of hijama. When you take the blood, you know, the, the, the cupping, cupping. Cupping, is cupping allowed whilst you're fasting? These issues, inshallah, will cover tomorrow.